All of us have gone to meetings or events and found at the registration table those little sticky badges. You know the ones I mean. At the top it says, hello, I'm... And to finish their sentence, you're supposed to put in your name. I'm Jill or I'm Jack. The problem I have is that once those badges go on, people move around too much, or the room is too dark, or the writing is too small, and I am stuck with the mystery of their identity. Just a tidbit, but I don't know who they are. Identity is always a mystery to some degree. I told you before that my wife and I had been married 47 years, and there are many times when she's still a mystery to me. And I've had enough therapy over the years to know that I am a mystery to myself sometimes. I don't know entirely what is going on on the inside of me. Identity. And yet, it's extraordinarily important because it's out of our identity that we live and move and have our being. The identity that we have is the rock-bottom part of our lives. It's uh, ideas, thoughts, memories, feelings, images, events, some quite clear in our minds, some fleeting, some that we've forgotten altogether. But there they are the ground zero of where we live. And they affect everything that we do and everything that we think and everything that we say, our identity. Now, this is the spiritual part of our lives. People like to say, well, I'm spiritual, and my response to that is, yes, you are. We're all spiritual. We all have an identity that holds us together, that shapes who we are, that is our spiritual essence. Now listen to the opening sentence of today's second lesson from Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. This is about our identity, who we are. It is about our spiritual selves. Now, just a couple of quick words about this reading, about Ephesians in general. Ephesians may well have been a, uh, a baptismal essay or a sermon it is certainly intended for people who have been newly baptized and it is to help clarify and demystify their identities, to make it clear in their minds. Indeed, part of our baptismal liturgy in the prayer book is quotes from this section of Ephesians and other places about who we are as baptized persons, people on whom God has acted in our baptism and joined us to Jesus Christ and made us, to paraphrase Paul, new creatures. 
citizens of a new realm, people with a new identity. The other odd little fact about today's reading is that in the original language, in the Greek of the New Testament, it is one long sentence. It is as if the writer is taking a verbal shovel and is just piling on words and ideas and images as fast as he can do it. All of these things about our identity. And this is only the introduction to the thing. Here's a little sample of some of this stuff. Before the creation of the world, we were chosen and known by Christ. At the end of the world, we will be presented pure and blameless to God. We have the remission of sins. We have access to the mysteries and wisdom of God. We are an integral part of God's grand plan of reconciling the whole universe to himself. And every spiritual blessing in God's treasure chest is ours. That's your identity. So you need to live into it. The problem is that we often settle for less. I used to know a young man who at the passing of the peace in the liturgy would literally say to people, the peace of the Lord be with you. I'm a graduate of Harvard University. Now he was less concerned about the peace of the Lord and more concerned his identity was, I'm a smart person and I'm part of the intellectual elite of this country. By the way, he wasn't nearly as smart as he thought he was. We settle for less. And we can all think of the terms that we use. Uh, I want to be known and I want to think of myself as successful or wealthy or powerful or influential or clever or attractive or whatever of a huge list of things that we could name as our identity. The problem is all of that stuff is shoddy material for the building of your spiritual identity. Who you are. The invitation of today's text is to be who you really are in God. Be who you are in your baptism. Hold on to it and never let it go. Center your life in it. Push aside the other stuff, the extraneous stuff, and live rooted in Christ. Two brief examples. I grew up with a sense that I was loved by God. Now, I'm not sure where that came from. It was always there. I knew it to be true, and it stood me in good stead through a lot of life's problems and difficulties. But then one day I was praying the Psalms, Psalm 18 particularly, and there's the great verse that says, God has put me in an open space because God delighted in me. Well, that hit me like a ton of bricks. 
I'm delightful to God. I wasn't sure I was delightful to anyone, let alone God, but here it is. It's a higher level of love. It is that God looks at us and it gives God joy and pleasure to say, this one belongs to me in baptism. I delight in them. That's who you are. You're delightful. In our uh, backyard, we have a couple of juniper bushes that are in big pots. And whenever you look at them, the ground that they're planted in appears to be dry and cracked. And that's why every day either Sue or I water them so that it looks like they're floating in a pond. And that water quickly disappears. It goes down, down into the pot, into the roots and forms and shapes and gives life to that juniper shrub. That's our story. Baptism down to the roots of who we are so that we're fully alive. We're enjoying abundant life in Christ. When I uh, was a kid, I loved to play softball, but I am truthfully one of the world's most awkward people. So that meant the awful, humiliating uh, experience every day of choosing teams and I was always chosen last. And the look on people's face was, I wish he didn't get chosen at all. And then I read in Ephesians, before the world was founded, Jesus chose me. Jesus said, you're mine. I want you. You're on my side. You belong to me. I'm part of God's varsity team. You too. Do you believe that? 